Hi, I'm Holly Cates, personal stylist and style coach extraordinaire. Hi, I'm Nolan Meter, celebrity stylist, shopping messiah, and accessory addict. We are the best friends that you never knew that you needed. We are the industry insiders and fashion's odd couple. In both of our everyday lives and at industry events, we see the best and unfortunately the worst in clothing and style. We are fashion partners in crime dedicated to stopping the most heinous of all fashion crimes on the street, the runways, and beyond. Join us as we take you inside our world, spilling the secrets of our experiences in the industry and inside our minds, judging people in the most loving way possible most of the time, and stopping fashion criminals dead in their crocs. It's more important than just the do's and don'ts. Jump on the Hot Mess Express as we teach you how to be your best and most stylish self. Hey, everybody. This is Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, here with my very best gay and very gay mother, Nolan Meter. Hi, Nolly. What's going on? What is happening? I heard you have another one of your fans from your fan club with us today. Oh, my God. No, I'm totally part of her fan club. So I have Devin Battersby here with us today, who is kind of a queen of all trades because she works for a really incredible startup in fashion tech, which is so cool. And she's also like a resale queen, which is like how we bond because like she gets the disease that is like the resale bug. She already sounds smarter than us, but okay, keep going. Oh, she totally is. <laughs> totally is. Hi, Devin. Hey. Devin, hi. Devin, Miss Battersby, you sound so, you sound like Mary Poppins. You sound English and British and very proper. Oh my gosh, thank you. Well, I am, I just did 23 in May and I am about like 99% English, so. Look at that, oh, you guessed yeah. that right. Wow. British yeah. women are so chic. So chic. <laughs> no, seriously, when I was there in February, oh my God, although I suppose that they weren't British, they were Russian who lived in Britain, but still, <laughs> I mean, they, they kind of count, right? I mean, like. Everyone I saw was so glamorous. Devin, thank you so much for joining us. This is so exciting. We've never had a guest like you before, a technical guest. That's awesome. <laughs> I yeah, know. I mean, you know, startups are big right now. Um, you know, it's just so many startups popping up here and there. And uh, tech is definitely a lot of the direction that people are going. Well, and fashion tech is such a specific market that like, I don't understand any of it because like, I'm just not that smart in that sort of category. <laughs> Full disclosure. So like explain entropy to us. Yeah, totally. And it's also, like the coolest thing in the world. I always say that I'm not techie and my boss yells at me for it because he's like, you can't say that you work for a tech company. Um, <laughs> you know, I have a fashion degree from FIT. So like FIT girls are notorious for not being the brightest, although I am pretty smart. So Entropy is a tech startup that uses machine learning and artificial intelligence to authenticate uh, handbags and other small and large leather goods like luggage and clutches and coin purses. We can pretty much do it all. Okay. And tell us the reason for, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's not your company, but tell us the reason why this is necessary. Yeah. So basically we're anti-counterfeiters. Our customers, they have our device, which is an iPod Touch with a patented microscopic attachment. They're using it in their stores, um, you know, like a consignment store. That's basically how I got started with Entropy is um, I worked for second time around the consignment store chain based out of Boston. And Entropy was one of um, the first like 
data partnerships they had was with second time around. And so members of Entropy would come into my store, my consignment stores in New York, and they would take the microscopic images of all the bags that I would get on consignment to put in their database to kind of get started. That was before it was even released as like a service. And that's how I got going with them. And uh, yeah, so Entropy basically like our customers receive a result of if the item is authentic or not within 60 seconds to 60 minutes. Wow. And yeah, it's really, really awesome. That's where the machine learning comes in. Um, We've perfected our algorithms to where you can get a result for more of like your bread and butter, like your Louis Vuitton monogram canvas, your Chanel smooth leather. Oh, you're speaking Nolan's language now, honey. <laughs> your, oh, yeah. your Gigi mm-hmm. canvas, you can get results of if it's authentic within 60 seconds, which is really amazing. Um, and I'm a huge advocate for buying authentic goods because the counterfeit industry, I don't think people understand. It's actually a money laundering front for larger criminal organization. Yes. And this is what I wanted to explain. Can you go into that a little bit more uh, deeper? Because we were, this is what Nolan and I were fighting about today. He said, oh, people know. I said, you have to understand most people don't know. They think it's okay. They don't think it's a big deal. So please explain how this is hurting the industry. Yeah. You know, the people that are making these bags and profiting off it are involved in Sex trafficking, drug trafficking, girl yes. warfare, slavery, child labor. Kids are having their legs broken and chained to tables to make these. Oh, my God. Bags. That was the worst. I remember when that story came out. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really, really terrible. And then on top of that, it's not good for the environment either. Like these are ending up in landfills and they're chock full of plastics and they're polluting the world. So no matter how you slice it, there's got to be something in there that you don't believe in, you know, like correct, it's, correct, it's totally awful on all fronts. So, if you're a tourist and you're somebody's trying to sell you a Tiffany, this or whatever, everyone knows it's fake, they know it's fake. You know, the people try to sell it to you on the slide in the back of a deli somewhere, but it's really hurting the greater good, is, is what it's doing, yeah. And also, like, you don't need to, you don't have to have like save up your money. Stay right. up your money to buy the real thing. And there's so many different options for, especially resale, to buy a bag at a fraction of the retail cost. So just save up your money to buy the real thing. Like you don't really want to be supporting all of those evils and they fall apart. So it's like not even worth it. I, I love that you said that. You don't want to be supporting all those evils. Okay. So the actual device that you have, you shoot a picture of it. So it's a iPod touch that we've configured with our application on it already. And it has a a microscopic attachment that kind of magnetically attaches to the back. So the app prompts you to take different microscopic pictures of different regions of the bag. So it'll ask you to take pictures of like the outer material, the inner fabric, the leather logo, the hardware logo, and then a couple macroscopic, so just regular images of the leather logo itself and like the serial or date code. And where does that information go? It goes to the database? It gets fed to the system as you're taking the pictures, it's uploading and the algorithms are running. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. So that when you hit submit, it pretty much already knows the answer. Right. Right. So so if somebody comes in, you're like, this is a a bag I got for my birthday. You're like, "Mm, hate to break it to you, but it's not real. And 
God. And are people devastated? Definitely some tough conversations that are probably had, especially if it's like a husband and wife scenario. That's that's what I was going to say. That has to be the hardest. It was a gift from my fiance, my boyfriend, my husband, whatever it is. And it's because they don't know, you know, no, I mean, no, usually they do or know they do. <laughs> or they do know and they're passing it off as real. A hundred percent. I've seen that happen all the time. I mean, I cannot imagine somebody buying a bag off the street and then trying to pass it off to their girlfriend is real. I guess a lot of people do. do. I don't know. That sounds bad. People are shitty. Men are awful. Let's be honest. That sounds pretty bad. Anyway. Okay. So you've had those conversations, then you send them away or somebody comes in and says, Hey, I want to get this fixed. And you're like, uh, it's not real. Well, that mostly would happen if someone were to bring it to like Chanel or Louis Vuitton themselves, you know, they'll refuse repair if if it's counterfeit. Sometimes they'll even confiscate it. Really? Yeah. So that's why it's even, it's good to authenticate, especially if you did get a bag secondhand or a gift or whatever, and you do need to get repaired, you should probably get authenticated first because if you already have the fake bag, you might as well keep rocking it and keep it out of a landfill and keep it out of the selling world again. Right. For someone else to potentially buy it and think it's real. And it's also with shoes and jewelry and like you said, luggage. Like it's not just purses. We don't do shoes and jewelry. We're going to be doing sneakers next year, probably. It's a whole different device. It's like a shoe box that you place the shoe into. Oh my God. And it's just for Jordans and Yeezys to start. Because those are the biggest right now are Yeezys. Like, and I have to ask you, do you have any experience with Yeezys? Because I just don't quite understand the hype. Are they actually really like super, super comfortable? Or like, what is the situation there? I'm not a Yeezy person. I'm not either. I tried on a pair at the flight club. I was like, eh, like, I don't get it. I get it. I'm not the demo, but still, I I didn't think they were all they were cracked up to me. That's just my, it's not my style, but yeah, I just don't get it. But like, what do you, like, what is the most commonly faked things that you see and then like the least commonly faked things that you see across all categories uh, well i probably in the handbag market but like you know do you see a lot of say like a fake crocodile birkin or do you see more i'm sure you see a lot of like fake you know monogram canvas vuitton bags but like what are some of your you know standout ones yeah so you know i think the most desirable styles are going to be like the neverfuls and the speedies so yeah for Louis Vuitton. Um, and in general, those are probably the ones that we see fake the most. Yeah, yeah. Those are probably the best. I mean, when I say the best, I mean the hardest I would think to tell cause they've gotten it down so well. I've heard that some Hermes fakes are so good that it's like, you need a device like what you have because the blind eye, like just the blind eye can, you know, miss things. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a high quality counterfeit, good, they're out there. And they might even have some degree of authenticity. Like, you know, this day and age, you're able to get good quality leather pretty much anywhere. So it can be like a high quality leather bag with, you know, fake hardware. Because that's that's what's more costly to manufacture. Well, I actually heard about that from somebody who said they bought a Cartier watch. And when they went to sell it, all of the parts were authentic. Mm-hmm but they were from different watches. Like people had bought authentic parts and put them into like, and created a new watch, but it was technically fake because they were not, you know, it wasn't the same piece. It wasn't the same. It was was, kind of why we haven't gotten into watches yet. Exactly. I mean, it must be so difficult to tell. Like that's, I can't imagine, but like, what do you think is the biggest perk of entropy? Like the fact that it's so accurate and it saves so much time. Yeah, definitely. Like I started out, you know, at brick and mortar, 
re, you know, re, working retail resale. So, you know, I was touching and feeling bags all day, every day. And, you know, I would say I was pretty good. Like that's why I got hired with entropy. Like a lot of the people that get hired with my company have scientific backgrounds and like very analytical backgrounds. And I just have a fashion background. And because I had so much experience with consignment and already dealing in luxury goods, that's why I was brought on because I already had that expertise. But like, I would say looking back, I wasn't an expert at all because I still get tricked to this day, you know, on good high quality counterfeits because you can't do it with your naked eye. You have to look micro. Now I'm like, you know, you can't dispute data. It's like your opinion versus data. What are you going to trust? Right. And when it comes to, I mean, these bags are so expensive that, you know, it's not really worth the risk. Exactly. One fake bag can ruin your business. Look at a store like The Real Real. I know. And so is that authenticate where you were working before? Do you authenticate it before you accept it? How does it work? Yeah. So at second time around, uh, since we were like one of the first people to have the entropy device, we were doing it like when we were getting in intake. So when people would bring the bags in before we like fully consigned it, you know, we were authenticating it. But also that's the beauty of consignment is that you don't own it. So you can always give it back to them whenever. And just say, yeah, this is not what yeah. it should be. So it's not like you're like locked in. Whereas like a buy, sell trade, like Buffalo Exchange, Crossroads, you know, those kind of places, like they're paying for it like upfront, they're paying out the person at the end of the transaction. And then it's that company's belongings. And a lot of those stores, like they don't specialize in luxury. So like, I think that's kind of a big risk to take a lot of the time for those stores because they're used to dealing in normal run of the mill things. Like, are they necessarily qualified to authenticate a Chanel bag? Right. I think that, you know, is a little freaky. I cannot imagine the kind of pressure that you must be under. And if you miss one tiny little thing, you know, it's on you that it's just a lot of pressure. And it's nice that you guys have that device and that you have sort of like a sense of, you know, of, of security, like, Hey, I have a microscopic view that says it's not real or not real. So that must be really nice for you. Yeah. And it's compared to, you know, our whole database, which is over the years, you know, a lot of bags, right? I can't say the exact number, but you know, it's a lot of bags that are in our database. So it's getting compared to all of those images and we have a 99.1% success rate. And in the off chance that we're wrong, we have a financial guarantee. So we'll reimburse you for whatever you paid out for the item. I love that. And what is your favorite bag? Oof, that's hard. See, she's like me. It's like picking a favorite child. Yeah. I mean, my- You're okay to pick a favorite child. Come on now. (laughs) On my to-do list this past weekend, I was supposed to go through all my bags and figure out what dust bags I needed. Because, you know, since buying resale, I don't always get the dust bag with the bag. Mm -hmm. So I I was trying to go through and figure out which ones I needed. But, you know, I love the Murakami Louis Vuitton stuff, you know, like the cherry. The multicolor. Yeah, multicolor. I wish that I you know, I'm kicking myself because obviously we all had all this junk back in the early 2000s. And like, now that it's finally back, like I literally gave away a Dior saddlebag for $40 a couple years ago. Oh my God, that must sting. Right? Like (laughs) they're so hot now. I couldn't sell those to save my life when I was in consignment. People did not want them. I was selling $100. No, I have a super similar story. I remember one of the first resale stores I ever went to was the garment district in Cambridge in Boston. And there was a Dior saddlebag and it was like $14. And I was like, oh God, like nobody wants that bag. This was like 2013, right? 
now those same bags that are, you know, now almost 20 years old are selling for $1,500 because the new ones are like twice that. It's insane. So how do you pick? How many bags would you say that you have, Devin? Oh, gosh. No comment. I mean, how do you, I mean, are they just lined up on your shelf? Like, cause this is the beef that Nolan and I had at the beginning of our friendship. I wasn't into bags. I was really into shoes. Mm -hmm. And so he sort of turned me and, and I have a few bags. I have like six or seven, but that's all I have. Cause I still like quality over quantity and he, anyway, so I can't imagine having like 40 bags to choose from. Like, I don't, I can, I know you can. But that's just a lot. It's a lot. You, you have like a hundred pairs of shoes. I know, but you and Nolan are must be spirit animals in that sense. Like we're bag sisters. It's yes, fine. you could talk about bags all day. Definitely. That's amazing, though. So I'm looking at you know this article that I researched before talking to you, and you know, explain the difference to us between counterfeit and fake, because they're saying here that counterfeit does not infringe the copyright laws and that luxury goods like bags and jewelry and shoes are not copied under copyright. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? That's interesting. It's a knockoffs versus counterfeit, you know? Oh yeah. See, it's really important in terminology because that's it. Yeah. So knockoff, right. Is a brand that is going to simulate another brand, but it's really not. And they know it. (laughs) Michael Kors. Like, (laughs) exactly. So not nice of me. Wait, Devin, do you agree with that one though? So I have a thing with Michael Kors. He went to FIT and when I was going to FIT, he donated a million dollars, but he donated it to the design school, not the business school. So I have never liked him since. So you're, he's dead to you. Yeah. Okay, then. Um, So knockoffs versus counterfeit. Okay, I get what you're saying now. Okay. Um, It's interesting. We I've never made like that distinction in those those words. But because for me, they're all illegal. But I get what you're saying. Like if someone did like, you know, you see all the time people ripping off trying to rip off the pattern, but it'll be like a different, you know, of course, yes, LV, it'll be like LG, LF. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever it is. So I guess that technically isn't because it's also not branded saying like Louis Vuitton. It might Correct. say like, you know, she, she designs or something. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I guess that wouldn't be illegal, but yeah. So anything that actually has the brand name on it, that's illegal. If it says it's Louis Vuitton and it wasn't made by their factory, that is a counterfeit. Right. If, it's, if it says Louis Vuitton made by XYZ bag company, that is a knockoff. No, because then it wouldn't say Louis Vuitton if it was a, a knockoff. Means they've stolen the design. They stolen the design. To- they're piggybacking on it usually. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, they, and there's like one tiny thing that's different. So anyway, so I guess. But what I think is that you're saying is that it's under the same umbrella. If it's going to be that close to a bag, and it's not real, it's still under the same prostitution ring, money laundering, sex trafficking, children working in sweatshops type deal. Yeah. I mean, even those, you know, all those bags are not going to be very well made. So it's the same situation. And so tell us about your resale business now. What are you reselling? I kind of just resell anything that I like, um, especially with my antique mall space that I have up North in Maine. You know, it's just, I'm, was brought up by a hoarder. So my mother was a hoarder. Oh, nice. is a hoarder. 
So yeah, that's where I became a shopaholic through her because we were always shopping and going to yard sales and estate sales and auctions. And I, my mom had me knowing how to find marks on jewelry for gold and silver at the age of four. Like, wow. And she would have me like go in between the ladies, you know, cause I was so short. I was so tiny. Like <laughs> I would like wiggle my way through to like the front of the table so I could pick through things in front of these ladies. Nice. That's brilliant. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that actually sounds really bad saying it. So what do you sell in your antique space? So it's just a lot of, you know, just things I like. A lot of collectibles. I have like really like a lot of themes. So like Nolan and I are from the same area. It's New England. It's the seacoast. So a lot of like souvenir, um, vintage, like Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, New England stuff. So you sell bric-a-brac pretty much. Yeah. Like, just- like smalls and, and, and like like chashkis, like items. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Barbie, Hot Wheels, tin. I've been really getting into tins. I don't know how that happened. I think my grandma got me into it for some reason recently. <laughs> and so you have to go in there and restock, right? You have to scour and restock. Yeah. I was in Maine the whole summer and it was another part-time job. Like it was because I just let it sit there when I'm not around and it gets destroyed and it, I, you know, I still make sales, but not as much as like I was this summer when I was like actively going. Gotcha. Um, and I actually added a whole clothing section there too. So I actually have like a bunch of clothes and accessories, mostly vintage, um, just cause I find it's really hard to vintage measurements are so tough that Very tough. It's better if people can like touch and feel it and like put it up to their body. Right. And try it on. Um, so that's why I, I haven't really got into putting my vintage clothes on, you know, my website yet, just cause I like need models and I need to like have people wearing it and kind of understand the fit. Right. But yeah, my Poshmark and stuff, it's just, you know, designer and, you know, things that I know will sell, you know, when frozen was really hot, I found a bunch of Elsa stuff that sold really quickly. I sometimes I'll, I'll, when I go picking, I'll find handbags and I'll resell them. But yeah, just like random stuff. Do you go to flea markets? Do you clean out storage units? Like what's your jam? Mostly just like Salvation Army, Savers. When I'm living around New York, I go to, you know, buff the Buffaloes and the Crossroads and things like that. And I can pick things from them too, even though they're like, obviously like a third hand at that point. You and Nolan are spirit animals. No wonder he's so in love with you. <laughs> I mean, I, I love me a crossroads. He's like, oh my God, I met this amazing woman. She's this, she's that. She resells, she's into bags. She works at this company, whatever. And I was like, oh, you're saying all his favorite things. I mean, this is like what he lives for. It's a lot of fun. Nothing makes me happier than a trip to crossroads. It has to be said. Nothing, nothing Truly. makes Truly. I actually, I bought happier. a client like the coolest distressed Rick Owens jacket at crossroads this week. Oof. I know it, it's, I will send you a picture. It is major. It's like, Oh, it's so good. Like I just, so crossroads is what I explain as the place where all the models sell their clothes so that they can, you know, eat. <laughs> and so they just get the best stuff. And yeah. so you, for Poshmark, you sell just whatever you can get your hands on. So it's not just clothes and accessories. Yeah, it's pretty much like anything of like they just started getting into like home goods and stuff like that. So I have like a couple breakables, but I'm like so petrified of selling breakables on the internet because Mm -hmm. my aunt has a very successful Etsy business where she sells like vintage gardening tools and like knickknacks and stuff. Wow, it's in your family. Look at you. Yeah, I know. It's weird. And she's from my dad's side. So it's not even from my mom's side. 
but uh, yeah, she got into it in retirement and she makes more money than I do on Poshmark, but that's also because she has more time to do it. Now, does your mother, does she resell too, or she just collects? My mother was a reseller. She was like one of the first people on eBay selling Beanie Babies. Wow. She made good money. She, we always were going, like we have the coach outlet back home and it was, you know, like the black Friday line every year. (laughs) No, my mom would just go randomly and find stuff like, you know, the outlet, whatever they put on clearance, my mom would buy like everything of, and then just list it online. Like she found there was one year that they had all these dog collars at coach that went on clearance. She bought literally all of them and flipped them for like five times as much as she paid. Amazing. Amazing. That's great. Look, look at that learn skill. I've seen that happen. It's few and far between, but occasionally you have that. And it's just like, especially in a place like Maine, maybe they don't, like the consumer doesn't necessarily know that this is like super on trend or whatever, or super valuable. So they just leave it there at the outlet and it keeps getting marked down. But then the second you put it online, someone from New York or California, is like, oh my God, that's the bag I've wanted and buys it right away. Exactly. Devin, would you call yourself a sustainable advocate for sustainable fashion and secondhand? Is that your jam? Is that your purpose? Or you just like it? I think it's just a perk. Okay. That's not your main focus is just to recycle, reuse and upcycle. Okay. I like meat. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm environmental in some ways and not in other ways. You know, it's just like, I only shop resale because I don't want to spend retail. Amen, sister. Amen. It's a bonus that it's recycled and I'm not contributing to pollution and things like that. I love that about you. I I just, I, I do. I love that about you because I think that with all the people that we interview, it's important that you're the only, you know, they're the first person we've talked to in tech, A, and you're the second person, first person we've talked to that actually makes a business, even though you kind of, it, it's just like you said, it's a perk. It's not your main focus, but it, it's nice that you can make a profitable biz, side business out of finding what people want and knowing what the market is demanding and knowing what people are buying. I have a Poshmark account and go ahead and ask Nolan about my Poshmark account. I mean, it's kind of a joke, but I sell one thing. (laughs) I I mean, I sell one thing every couple months. I'm not real active on it, but you know, I do sell every now and then. And so it's, it's better than nothing. And it's better to have the money, you know, than just have the items sit there. But I, I do love the fact that that's, you know, kind of your jam and you're trying to buy for yourself. That's not pay full price and save money. I mean, as would any person on a budget, I think. I love that. So are you buying clothes and shoes secondhand too for yourself or is it mostly accessories? Oh, everything. I buy everything. Like I'm, that's the thing. I'm such a shopaholic that when I go picking, I will find things for myself and then I'll also find things to list. And like, I justify the things for myself because I know that I'm going to make it back in the things I buy to list. Gotcha. Exactly. That's that's exactly how, uh, how I am. Like when I was at the Balenciaga sample sale, my thought was like, and I should have bought more, but I didn't. I was like, I can sell this one bag and use the money I'm going to make from selling this one bag to pay for these other two that I want for myself. Yeah. Do you hit up sample sales quite a bit? I don't. And it's weird because I used to live right by that one that I think Nolan always goes to. That's like right on park. It's like called like 230 or something or 260. 260. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that one literally was in walking distance to FIT and like Rebecca Minkoff was the hottest thing ever when I was in college. So she had a sample sale there like every month, I feel like. And, you know, other brands would come in too, as they do now. But I 
never even went then. <laughs> I think it has to be like a certain a certain brand for a sample sale because some sample sales are crap. But like Mark Jacobs two weeks ago, every like dresses at the last day were twenty five dollars. Handbags, everything was under a hundred. Like that's a place where you can buy and resell it. But like right. a lot of times, like certain brands are still super expensive, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, the sales during now that it's COVID, Nolan has been reporting that, you know, the lines are around the block and that it's such a pain in the ass to get in these sales now because they only let a certain amount of people in. But I also think that if you have the time, you know, it it turns people away because they don't want to wait in line. But if you do wait in line, I think, you know, you could get good stuff if you because it's just not like a free for all like it used to be, you know. I think it's more selective. And it's also hard to get in the sample sales. Not everyone can get in. Remember the Ola Johnson sample sale line was around the block. Like it was like 800 people in line. It was insane. Yeah, it goes crazy. People go nuts for it. It's weird. You know, kudos to you. I I mean, I'm loving that you have this little business for yourself and that, you know, you have a day job or whatever. I just think it's, I think it's really, um, kudos to you. What advice do you have for someone who is interested in buying a real bag? Maybe, you know, they don't know what they want. Maybe they have a thousand dollars or so set aside. What is your recommendation for buying something, you know, one to $2,000 price range? Yeah. So definitely do your research. And I hate when people just send me links to stuff and they're like, oh, should I buy this? I'm like, that's a terrible price for that. Like, did you do your research? Look at you. If it's a Louis Vuitton Noe, like one, I kind of hate those bags, but it's the bucket. The Noe is the bucket bag. Right. And yeah, literally like I could throw a rock right now and probably hit one. Mm -hmm. There's so so many out there that like you do not want to be spending more than $300 on that bag. Right. Hey, good to know. You got to do your research and shop smart, you know, like look at all, go to pawn shops. I cannot be a bigger advocate for pawn shops. A lot of shops. Yes. Pawn shops are literally the secret. Like I'm telling you, it's going to get out to all your followers. I, that's fine. But I'm telling you right now, pawn shops are the hidden secret and treasure because they get everything and it's, almost always like new condition. It's going to be a great price. A lot of them are my customers. So they'll come, you know, their bags come entry be verified, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of pawn shops. A lot, like I said, a lot of them are my customers nationwide, you know, worldwide and their business is just great. Like there's one over here, um, easy pawn. They're a chain in New York. They have about 13 to 15 locations, I believe. And we work with a handful of them. And one of them is in walking distance right here on Northern Boulevard. And he has amazing bags in there all the time, all the time. I just don't even know what to say right now. Is it like next to the guitars and the shotguns? Like merchandising is not the best. I, I mean, I have never even thought, I know jewelry and diamonds, of course, but I never thought somebody would bring a designer bag in there. You know what though? It makes a lot of sense. It's taken off in the pawn shop industry because word's gotten out. Those guys all in the pawn, you know, it's kind of the, if he has it, I want it kind of thing. So when one of them started taking handbags and making mad money off it, all of them had to start getting into uh, into handbags. All righty then. I just learned something. I mean, and and you think, who are the people that are selling to the pawn shops? I mean, is it people that are trying to flip shit real quick? Is it legit people that need money? I mean. Divorce fire sale, probably. Yeah, maybe. I would think. All All the above. above. (laughs) 
I have an interesting question. So like, what if you have like, your, what are your top favorite like fashion finds of all time? Ooh, that's hard. Or do you have any that like stick out in your brain where you're like, this was one of the best finds ever? I got really into, this is so silly because it was like back when I wasn't in the know, but like I got so excited about like stingray leather back in the day. Like that was like one of my first purchases that I was like, oh my God, I love this. And it was just like a stingray bag. It wasn't even designer. <laughs> but it's beautiful though. I just love exotic leathers. You know, it's, it's awesome. And I do too. And I get crap for it all the, the time. Animal, the PETA people are going to come after me for saying that, but I'm buying it secondhand, so it's recycled. It's like when Nolan calls you and says, I'm thinking about buying a mustard yellow lizard skin wallet. Um, do you support that purchase? I said, no, no, I don't, because you have 17 wallets already. It was Bottega Veneta, and I stand by the decision to buy it anyway. Anyway, he bought it, and I have yet to see it. Um, I'm actually currently using it. Huh? Okay, anyway, so sticking, I've never seen a stingray bag before. I didn't beautiful. know. Stingray leather is so beautiful. And I hate boy bags, but the one that Chanel did with, the with gold. leather, I have to have one day. Did you see the one that where they did it? Because this the small boy bag, they, I think they did it in like with like the light gray bluish like shagreen. And then they did it in a gold too. Have you seen the gold one? Yeah. It's like, oh Has my she God. seen it? She's like, uh, yeah, bitch. I saw that a long time ago. Okay. Is it um, on your like fashion vision board? Because like it would be on mine. You know, it's actually not my top, the ones that I'm, I, my bag list of the ones I still need and want is actually quite small now. Yeah. So what are you covering? What's on your list? Okay. So one of them is the Gucci Gigi Supreme, like the tattoo collection they did. They did one where literally it spells out, it's like the light gray Gigi Supreme, the coated canvas. It's the Boston bag, even though I have a million speedies and Boston bags, like you'd think I'd be like I'm over the style, which I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> it literally spells out Gucci. And then at the end of the eye, it turns into a mermaid. Like it's her tail. Like the whole Gucci word is her tail. Oh, okay. We'll have to, we'll have to post a picture of that on our Instagram. Okay. Next. Well, Keep going. That bag. So if any of your followers have that bag, call me. Okay. Call her next. And you know, anytime I can get some, my hands on some of the like Murakami stuff, um, I'm still looking for the one that's the cherry blossoms. That's like the weird colors. That's it's like red and like mustard cherry blossoms. So I you're like all. super into like the really limited ones. The ones that are like, needle in a haystack to find because they're so special yeah and then oh and then the last one is this vintage hermes box calf leather bag that has like a scalloped flap and the closure is a gold palm tree whoa i've never seen that wow i've seen it once and i'm kicking myself for not for not buying it pounding that person for it listen you put that in the in the universe you're gonna get it Okay, you're going to find it. You're going to get it. Fashion serendipity. It happens. Yes. I mean, my God, you're already so in the know. Like, I can't imagine you not finding it. I mean, you must have like radar antenna. Like uh, you could feel the energy of a bitch 10 states away. Who's got that bag. You know what I mean? Like you can bring it to you energetically. You're like, I can smell it. I can smell it. Someone, someone on the East coast, 150 miles North Southwest, <laughs> like longitude, latitude. I got it. I mean, you, you need to put a tracker out. Totally. Well, I hope that you get the bags that you want. It sounds like you are certainly knowledgeable. You've done the research. You make people feel like, you know, look, 
If you want this bag, you better know why, how much it is, what it is, why you want it, the kind of leather, if it's real, if it's authenticated. Like I, I dig your vibe because you want to spend your money on the right things that bring you joy. And you're not, you, I mean, you are not messing around. You are not. You know, I think that Sarah Jessica Parker said it best in Sex and the City. I like my money where I can see it. In my closet. Handbags are investment pieces. Some people buy stocks. I buy handbags. Well, that's what I told Holly, like the day, and I don't think you really understood it until you really were like looking or until you got yours, but the day she bought her Burke and I said, well, if you don't love the color, well, you, she was in the store, weren't you in the store and you called me. Right. And I was like, even if you don't love the color, take it. And she's like, why? I'm like, because you can make twice your money. Mm -hmm. And for for someone not into bags, I, I really do love it. I mean, I, I never knew what I was missing because I'd never been around handbags. I've been around clothes my entire life. I've been around fashion and retail and clothes, but I've never been around accessories. So I didn't know anything about it. My mother had one Gucci bag from the 70s, and it was almost like a tote bag, like something you would put papers in. And I've always loved that bag. And I see it now. I'm like, I'm taking that Gucci bag. I'm like, I don't even like it anymore. Like it's, you can't even fit anything in. It looks like a grocery bag a little bit, but I never thought it was cool or it was worth investing money in. Of course, until I met Nolan and he's a terrible, terrible fucking influence on me. I'm a terrible influence, but it's fine. It's, right. And, and Nolan is very into sunglasses and shoes and you know, he's really into that. So I'm into accessories now because I'm, I'm interested because I know more about it. I just didn't know much about it. But now that we know that this authentication system is out there, I hope that people will educate themselves, not buy anything that's counterfeit or knockoff and don't buy any pet from a pet store. Kind of the same thing. Don't support the evil. Where are you getting that from? Oh my Lord. It's kind of like the same thing. How fat? Yeah, very fashion related. We're talking now. You're going on the pet the pet soap box. I know. Sorry. Um, yeah, don't buy fake because if I see you in public, I'm going to take a picture of you and I'm going to post it on my Instagram under the fashion crimes. <laughs> because buying a fake bag is the ultimate fashion crime. Agreed. Devin, are you going to be part of our posse? I think so. I love that. <laughs> no one good choice in picking her up no and well and i mean our, our friend jennifer is like already like my number one like main posse because like oh, in, when, I, when i met no but when i met devin i was so excited because like you don't understand holly where we come from people <laughs> do not from? know fashion people do not care people do people are not into it shit like when we sat down for dinner and we talked it was so much fun because i was like oh my god this woman gets Nolan, it did you cry like, were you like she knows so much about bags. It's making me so no, well, happy. Well, it started with, I, I met Jennifer for coffee and I think we talked for three and a half hours about clothes. And she's like, my friend Devin's here. You've got to meet her. You've got to meet her. We had dinner and I was like, oh my God, she has the bag, Jean. She gets the bag, Jean. She's a, like, she's a bag whore like me. Like she gets it. And I was like, okay. Yep. And she's from Maine. And what? She's from, it, that doesn't happen in Maine. People are like, people love like a Cole Haan bag, which is fine. <laughs> but it's not like, it's it's just not the same. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Um, Listen, I get looked at sideways when I come home because I'm always dressed unlike anyone they've ever seen. So that's what I say. Like, do you think I wear my like Chanel brooches in public in Maine? God, no, I'd be run over with a truck. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Devin, we can find you on recycledrehab.com. That is your website. And that's also your Poshmark Recycled Rehab. And do you have any last wishes? Oh, and your Instagram too is Recycled Rehab, right? Yes. 
Yes. And your Instagram, excuse me, your Poshmark, your website and your Instagram. Correct. Any final thoughts? Please message me. If you are looking for a bag, I can help you find it. I'll find it for you authentic and within your budget. I'm always happy to help people because I am, you know, a huge advocate for buying authentic. And we've talked about how awful counterfeit bags are, um, not just for the universe, for, for human lives and everything in between. So um, yeah, feel free to message me if you know you want any advice or you want me to look at a listing on Poshmark. Please know that under $500 that things don't get authenticated with Poshmark authenticators. So that's how people get around selling fake bags on Poshmark is they price it under $500. So oh, good be, to smart. Know. be smart, be smart, do your research. Um, and I'm here to help. Well, this has been fantastic. Nolan, good find. Good find finding Devin. I Ugh. know. Well, I mean, I can't take the credit. It goes to, it goes to our friend, Jennifer. Okay, she's good. Like, but no good one, job. you have to meet her. I was like, yep. Okay. And then we dinner and I was like, uh-huh. Yep. She's fabulous. Devin, we hope that you will hang out with us in New York. Thank you so much for your time. And we will use your advice. And I'm sure Nolan will be buying a bag in the next five minutes and trying to get me a bag. So we will run it by I mean, you. I don't know if like, she's going to totally get a, like, I, you know, I always am afraid to like tell someone to get you a bag for Hanukkah because I don't want you to throw a shoe at me. But like, there is like one more gaping hole in your closet, like the size of a 25 centimeter Birkin. It just okay. happens to be okay. a gaping Whatever. hole. Whatever. You closet. and Devin can figure it out. Okay. Well, see, okay. Um, yeah. Devin and I will talk about it. We will plan your bag future for you. Okay. Devin, wow. thank you. Kiss, kiss. Hope to see you soon. We had a great time talking to you. Nolan, I'll call you in five minutes. I'm Holly Katz, and you've been listening to Fashion Crimes Podcast. You can follow Fashion Crimes Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Do us a solid and go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week as we investigate, discover, and laugh hysterically at ourselves and other people. Thank you for listening.